Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Poppa with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. And uh, we got the biz with us this week, Carl. We had to bring out the heavy hitters. Yeah, man. After the Giants dropped to 0-3. Uh, Chris Bizzagano joins us from the Giants Insider newspaper. And uh, Chris, did you ever think that we'd be having you back on the show and the Giants are 0-3? Uh, no, and possible. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> no for the show. Wasn't quite sure about that. And yeah, it was a possibility for the O3 pop. I'm not gonna lie to you on that one, fella. Never in my wildest dreams. Carl, uh, I know you've had a chance to deep dive into what's going on with this football team. Um their inability to make game winning plays, whether it's a Slayton drop touchdown pass, it's a it's a misread on a route. It's a missed tackle. It's a bad angle. It's a dropped interception. I know there. I know it's little things, but when your margin of error is so small, they need their studs to make some plays here. Yeah, they do. And you know the interesting thing about you talk about the margin of error being so small. Think of the margin of victory. Could be so much better if they just did the little things, like you said, like three trips to the red zone, two field goals, one touchdown. Uh, four chances at turnovers, you get one. One chance to end the game after they just punched you in the nose all the way down the field, and you drop that. So it's like these do-overs that these guys get or these, these I don't want to – they're not attaboys, but it's it's kind of like there's no personal consequence for making a mistake. Obviously, the game goes on. You line up, you play the next play, right? Um, offensive lineman downfield on a big play. Those are things that are personal responsibility uh, plays. There's not much a coach can do. I know the fans are upset. Well, they need to do this. And the coach teaches discipline and the coach. Well, the coach can teach the discipline. The players will have to apply that to their personal ethos. Um, and again, I look, these guys play hard. I don't think they lack leadership. I just don't think they're being responsible enough to self and to team to, to make it easy for themselves. You find they find themselves in these last second situations where the last two games, let's face it, they could have been two touchdown win, win by two touchdowns or more. They could have made some of these teams go away. Like, you know, Washington hung around because the giants let them Uh, Tyler Heineke looked like, I, I don't know. He was just, he couldn't miss a pass 
and the Giants could not get in place to intercept the bad pass, you know? So it's, uh, and then you, this week, it's this, it's this, this past week, the same thing. And it's just the self-defeating things that um, these guys have got to, they've got to correct. I mean, it's, it's not like people are talking about it's, it's a dumpster fire. They have no talent. There's plenty of talent on this team. Like, yeah, and more so, talent than the team that they lost to on Sunday. Right. If you're, how, wow. if you're holding a draft, you're taking more players from the Giants than you're taking from the Falcons. Yeah, so they, there's enough talent on this team to win. And then, you know, and I get it, man. Fans, fans are in the vacuum sometimes when they need to vent and they're miserable. They just start swinging at anything moving. So this week, and, and Biz, I saw a lot on your thread. Yeah. Where people were trashing the quarterback. I'm like, the quarterback is the least of the problems right it's now. It's the least of the problems, man. It's the like quarterback's no the least of the problems. The offensive line pass protection is not a not the problem that people thought it would be. Nope. But, but then, you know, it's just like people are just flailing away. And I get it. They're frustrated. But this team has to have some sense of, of responsibility to self, some sense of responsibility to the, um, the teachings and to the training and – to the system and scheme. They've got to have a responsibility to that. And if they don't, it just won't matter enough. And I think it matters um, a great deal to a lot of these kids. I don't think this is not a team of, of guys that just don't care. They go out and they work hard. Um, and I keep saying it week after week, they got to learn how not to lose. Well, call. Can I jump in one second, Bob? Yeah, you, yeah well, that's why we're having oh, it's funny you guest, said that. Big it's Penn. It's it's funny you say that, Bob. So I got let me let me tell you a quick story, fellas. So after the game Sunday, I go downstairs, walk into the media room, we're waiting for Judge, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, "Man, we just just don't know how to win." And then it it hit me, right, Bob and Carl. I'm sitting there, we're waiting on Joe, and it hit me, and I said, well, well, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, what's this crap? Don't know how to win." No, no, forget about that. You execute everything, like you'll win games. This team does not know how not to lose right forget about the learning how to win i I put it on twitter and i said you know what i should have deleted that crap it's then i put on twitter and it hit me as i'm waiting on joe this team does not know how not to lose right and you see this week after week Mm -hmm. okay and the discipline. And now, and Joe teaches it. I even asked him in a presser, I know this is your thing. How do you clean, <laughs> how do you clean this up? The, the illegal man downfield, the snap that Daniel takes, it looks like he, t- he took his eye off it. He, he has to recover the fumble. Okay, the holding on the last drive. Last night I put on Twitter, Jabril Peppers thinks he's going to jump around. He takes the wrong angle. Uh, Zacchaeus gets another eight yards, third and short. They wind up tying. The dropped interceptions in the end zone that, you know, Dory says, oh, I I misjudged it. I mean, just so many times, Bob, call shooting yourself in the foot that's costing you games. Yeah. Uh, uh, You got to learn how not call. I couldn't agree with you more, dude. You have to learn how not to lose a game. And this team is not there. No. And the thing about it, is if you're doing the little things right, 
And I talked about their margin of victory they could be having if you just take away or just do the little things right. So that when you get in a game like you were in, unfortunately, last week, you'll be able to make the plays down the stretch. But they're not even giving themselves the comfort or the margin of, of, of doing things right against teams that they're better than. Um, and it's, it's odd for me to say that they're better than if they can't beat them, right? But against teams, they should win. You see enough plays on the field um, that are not made to say, boy, if they make these plays, this game's not close, or this is a more comfortable lead. But it's, it's a combination of what the players aren't doing. And then there are some coaching uh, decisions or, or um, things that they got to get cleaned up too. They got to look at how they're coaching things um, in certain situations. I saw the, um, there was a video you posted, uh, red area play, right? It was a pick play down in the red area. Paul, they ran the same play the week before. Um, now they have to examine how they're defending that because you right. can't, by design, um, the corner when they get in a bunch formation and they motion a back out, they just wanted to see if they could get the linebacker to pull out of the hole. And the best way to do, uh, and I know a lot of people are thinking they haven't seen your video, but uh, when you see stack formations in a wide receiver or a guy out wide, the best way to play that in the red zone is not to get caught because it, it's it's a short area. Guys can get picked, and that's how guys come free. So the best thing to do is to, it's a number system. It's one, two, three, starting from the outside in. That way your players stay sorted out and they don't get caught up in the wash. So one guy can't block two guys and have a guy running across the field free. So they have to figure that out um, where if you're going to zone match in the red zone, you got to just have, you know, the outside guy take the outside guy, the second guy take the slot guy, and the inside guy take the, whatever comes in, you match on it. Um, but they just tried to man up on it, and it's just, you can't do that. It's not enough room to do that. If you're in the field, it's a lot easier to defend. But in the red zone, they know they can just bunch you up. And so that, those are things that you got to look at as a coach, right? Um, then you have, um, end of game situations or end of half situations. I, I would prefer the end of game situations where uh, for two weeks in a row, two plays have defined a team's long drives. So in um, Washington, it was two plays, 75 yards touchdown. Uh, Atlanta, it was two plays, 50 yeah. something yards. 55, 56. And then tack on another eight yarder in there in field, field goal range, right? Yeah. Um, so these are things that you have to examine as a, as a, um, defensive coach and the defensive staff, it's situational awareness. And I've had this conversation, so I'm not, I'm not speaking out of school. When I say I had the conversation, I had the conversation with, um, the people I know, right. And people I know, the Sounds people like I Jersey. know, right. Been um, Jersey a long time, how Carl has, <laughs> Um, so I'm not, I'm not speaking out of school. I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say to someone else. Um, but I said, sometimes it's better 
to be in the best call and not the right call. Like you can have the right call, um, but it, that right call depends on the player that has to execute that, right? Right call is player execution. The best call is team execution. So when I say that, um, the Washington play, uh, you get a linebacker on a back in man coverage, right? It was the right call for what that play was, but he beat the linebacker, right? So the player execution wasn't there. Um, you get into some kind of match defense and you give up a 25-yarder, the biggest play, you had done a great job against Kyle Pitts all game and all of a sudden you turn them loose when they needed him, right? Um, not the best call. The best call in certain situations, end of game situations, 75 yards to go. It is the word that drives fans crazy. Defensive coordinators have now become afraid to run it. It's called prevent defense. Can't be afraid of it. In situations, it keeps everything in front of you. Keeps everything in front of you. What is, yeah. Hey, Carl, when, when, when you played for Belichick with the Giants, what did when he would talk to the media and people would ask him about the prevent defense, he would say, It's not the prevent defense, it's the appropriate defense. Right. Right. It's the, and that's the best, the best defense, right? You can have the right defense, you can have the right call, and everybody can do their job right. <clears throat> but if it's dependent on player execution, right? A guy could fall down. Guy could take a bad angle. Um, I had the right call. The guys didn't do it right. That's not what you want. I had them in the best thing for the team. For the team, I had them in the best defense. And like Bob just said, the appropriate defense. Because if you got a minute and thirty seconds left to go in the game, and maybe it's one defense, uh, one timeout or two, if you got to go seventy-two yards in this league, <clears throat> at some point during that drive you're going to have to get something over 15 yards because the clock doesn't work in your favor in 10 yard increments when you've got to get down to score. If it's a touchdown or a field goal, you've got to hit a you got to hit, hit at least one chunk play in the way you can prevent that. You can predetermine. Okay. We're giving you 10 yards. That's it. We're not going to let you get behind us because we're not going to be in man coverage where you can beat one guy. It's going to be dependent on the player execution for us to stop this, or we're going to give you a team concept and let you have to work your way down the field, and we're going to keep everything in front of us. So those are things that will help the Giants um, in certain situations. And then in other situations, it's a player. It's, you know, it's players. Um do you look at how your offense is being uh, run schematically? I think um, Coach, Coach Judge addressed that, didn't he, uh, Biz? Yeah. Yeah, he addressed it Monday. Yeah. And it's Sunday. Yeah. yeah he's not going to make, you know, they're going to make some changes. They're going to look into this and that. Um, you know, obviously call Bob. The call out there, you know, the, the wolves are out about Jason Garrett, right? I mean, we all see it, right? Fire Garrett. Fire Garrett. Let's go get, you know, like that's Dan Orlovsky's on a heater right now. Yeah. With Ola the scheme. Orlovsky's putting schemes out there. And and look, look, fellas, he has some points, no question about it. 
right? There's some schemes that you look at it and, you know, I think call, you look at it, Bob, you look at it and you look at it, go, okay, what are we doing here? Whatever. But Olaski's going crazy on it. Okay. And the wolves are out there. Let's, let's get rid of Garrett. Let's get rid of Garrett. Judges not looking at that right now, obviously. And he's going to look into what could we do different? You know? Um, so they're going to have to change up some things, you know, uh, to me, what I'm going to ask you two guys, one of Daniel Jones's strengths without question is his vertical game. You agree, do we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, he had one of the best QBRs mm-hmm. of any quarterback in the league when the ball travels at least 20 yards in the air. Matter of fact, pop, I think it was the best in the NFL last year. I could be wrong. That. If it's, if not, Bob, you're right. It's one, two, three, whatever it might be. I think it was the best though. Anyway, and you see the throw, he makes the CJ board. Sunday afternoon on that mm-hmm. vertical. Yeah, it's the same as the one he okay. threw to Slate. So uh, Judge previous week. Have, uh, an opening game, right, against Denver, right? The beautiful throw to Slayton. Uh, on the offside, Jones saw it, took the shot down the field. Okay, so to me, guys, we, Judge always talks about forget about what a player can't do. Mm-hmm. We're going to do what they could do. We're going we're gonna to keep doing what they could do best. Well, that's big part of Daniel's game is that vertical game. Um, and I like to see more of that two, two plus attempts of 20 plus yards Sunday to me, let's get that ball downfield more. And we just talked about it, Bob, you opened it up a call. You opened up about, we thought what the pass pro offensive line is going to be the issue. And it really hasn't been. No, the they've done a games. good job. They've done a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into the defense, which has really been the main issue, right? Why they're losing games. But to me, guys, I like to see more vertical. I mean, I like to see more Daniel down the field, play to his strengths, play to his strength. And that's one of them, man. I don't know how you guys feel about it. There were no design runs really for him on Sunday. No, I mean, the week before you see a, a bunch of zone reads, he winds up with 95 yards rushing. Yeah. Right? This week, I mean, this is this is what drives people ballistic about Jason Garrett. This week, the zone read really wasn't there. And you say to yourself, okay, Jason, last week, he runs it three, four times, whatever it was. He winds up at 95 yards, not all of zones, but he run, winds up at 95 yards. And then you see this week, and it's like, okay, Jason, where is it? You know, you, you know, and, and it's that's what drives people ballistic about Garrett. Well, yeah, and there's some inconsistency there as as well as their um, rushing philosophy, too. There's, you know, I don't think they're a very good zone blocking team. They can do it on a better gap. They're better gap. um, gap. Got away from that a bit last week. But, and I talked about this, so I'm not going to belabor this point. Uh, Carl, just to, before, I'm going to let you finish. But doesn't it go back to your overriding point at the beginning of this podcast is that at some point the players have to execute because we look at these anemic rushing numbers for the most part. But Biz, you've been on the coach's tape. I've been on the coach's tape. Carl, you've been on the coach's tape. There are times when this ragtag or bad offensive line that people are talking about. And I'm not saying that they're one of the best, but there have been some hits there 
and then it's not executed properly by the guy actually running the ball. Right. Right. And that's what I was going to say. I, I've, I've kind of been on this for a while this week, so I'm not going to belabor it. Um, but I think uh, Coach Britton Burton has to have that conversation with um, Saquon Barkley. And the reason now is the time to have that conversation because we've seen from Saquon no apprehension. We've seen him cut. We've seen him pirouette. We've seen him do everything. So there's no, there's no baby steps here in terms of the way he's approaching the game. He's, he's aggressively running the football. But now is the time when you know there's not a concern with his mental um, concerns with his knee. Now it's the time to say, okay, now it's time for you to become a running back. Um, here's what you're going to have to do. Here's what you're doing wrong. I need you to put your cleats in the ground in these situations. And you're going to have to trust that something's going to be there. And how about this? Nobody really wants to see you running downhill. Defenders do not want to see you on the other side of the line of scrimmage running right at them. The more you dance, the easier it is for them to tackle you because they just hold their spots. Um, but when you can get a guy like Saquon Barkley running downhill, when it's there, run downhill, nobody wants to tackle him. If you're out in space, and here's the thing that the rule change really benefits a player like Saquon Barkley in space because you can run a power sweep, get a lineman on a defensive back in a safety, and he could ride that all the way down to the end zone because those guys can't come, they can't cut the offensive lineman anymore. Right. So you can just let your guys get the latched on and they just go for a ride and you just ride in, in the pocket. So, I mean, I have, I have zero doubt that Saquon Barkley in his confidence, I know he has his confidence, right? I know he's a hell of a football player. Like people are, you know, people are saying what they're going to say, and that's not going to change until he changes, right? He's not going to change a narrative until he changes. And there's clearly things he has to be better at, simple. But being afraid is not one of them. Um, having confidence is not one of them. Showing that he's willing to do anything on his knee it's over the last three weeks, we've seen him do just about anything on that knee. So it's not a matter of him babying it and it's, he doesn't feel right with it. He's just not running right. And I'm going to leave it there because, you know, this is not, I'm not dumping on the guy because I think he's capable. That's the other reason I say it's time to raise the expectations. Uh, he's capable. So um, we'll see what happens. Do you think guys from a confidence standpoint, He's lost confidence in his speed because no. what I mean by that is when he gets out in the open field, he's making these juke moves and stuff. I feel like when Barkley was Barkley, he didn't even need that little juke. He would just go and have confidence that he was going to run by people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the adjustment he has to make. He's still running by people. I mean, at 40 yards, he didn't finish the last, you know, the last, 30 or last 20 to get to the end zone, the guy caught him. Okay. It happens, you know, but there's no guarantee that you're going to be the fastest guy on the field every week anyway. So, but if you're getting 20 and 30 yards or 10 and 15 yards or eight yards, why dance? 
Just get what you can get. Sometimes, sometimes, instead of juking, play a little game of chicken with them. You just keep running and see if they're willing to go in and make a tackle. You know, you juke, you, you give them a chance, you slow down, you slow your momentum. That's when they can wrap you up. Play a little chicken with them. See if they're willing to come up and make a hit in the call, open field. Call Bob. What I see with Saquon is not a confidence issue. What I see in him is a kid that's trying to make big plays mm-hmm. continuously. He mm-hmm. wants to show everybody, I'm back. I'm good. You're going to see my rookie year. And to me, like you just said, Carl, instead of taking that four or five yard up in that gap, he stops, he does the spin, he, mm-hmm. and he collapses because he, or he spins too much, whatever it might be. But to me, I look at Barkley and I see a kid that's trying to hit that home run too much when it's not there. Right. He's trying to show everybody, I'm back. Watch this. I'm going to go for this chunk yard. I'm going to go for this 40 yard like I did three years ago. Um, and he needs to settle down with that. Um, because right now, guys, he's leaving way too many yards on the field. Way too many yards. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, you get a, a positive first down and then they give it to him and he loses three. Right. So then you're in third and more than what you should be. The goal here is to keep the offense on schedule, because if this offense is on schedule, then you see the plays that they're capable of. Um, They they go 71 yards on a flawless drive Mm -hmm. and get the two point conversion. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the offense that they can be whenever they get out of their own way. Um, But that that also depends on a guy like Saquon Barkley getting the positive yards, not getting negative yards, keeping the offense on track. Because when you, if it's three or four or five yards, you're constantly putting pressure on the defense because at five yards, the next one could be 10 or 12, right? Or it could be a play action pass. You're just setting them up for the next big thing if you can keep your offense on track. So listen, <clears throat> it's 14 games left. There's a lot of runway. Um, I can't sell a fan on some of the positives that are happening because there's just way too many negatives, but there are things there. There are things there. It's up to them. Yeah. And I've, <clears throat> you know, I feel bad for coach judge in this regard. Um, He's trying to build his system. You know, last year he brought in his system or whatever. He's trying to build things the way he wants. The problem is, is that the fans, you know, we keep, and Carl, you and I talked about this in the broadcast, you know, they want the fans to be patient, but it's not just 0 and 3 for them. It's 18 and 49. Yep. The worst record in the NFL since the start of 2017. They're 31 games under 500 over just a four-year span. That's almost impossible. Yeah. Well, see, and 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 they they and you know they have nine home wins in their last 34 home games. So here's the thing with that, you know, because. Fans keep track of everything, but they can't do anything about the last four years, right? They can only 
they can only look at what's happening this year. So right now they're 0-3. Um, they can only, the team can only affect going forward these next 14 games. And that's what, you know, that's what they have to sell this fan base. They've got to do it with victories. They got to go out, not like winning close game. I mean, losing close games right now means nothing to no, this. That fan was base. good last last year. All yeah. those heartbreakers. It was yeah. okay. Well, this now year, you see it's why not. they're heartbreakers because the team is just not doing what they're supposed to do to win. And it's again, that's probably more frustrating to the fan base. And, you know, more so than a team with no talent. You know, this is a team you can see, well, they had opportunities and they keep screwing them up. And that's what that drives a fan crazy as well. It drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, like an Adoree Jackson dropped interception, right? Yeah. He, I think he's a really good player. And I think it was a good thing to bring him in. But listen, the dropped interception should not shock you. I mean, well, no, it should. It should. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to tell you why. I'll, I'll give you my reason why. He is now with the Giants and in his career. He started 44 of 49 games. Mm-hmm. He's got as many career interceptions as Julian Love. He's got two interceptions, and they both came in 2018. He's not a guy that's going to – if you're counting on him to get picks for you, history tells you that if you're corner in the NFL and you've played 49 games and you got two picks – that ain't your bag. Well, it ain't your bag, but you got to make the pick when it's that, there. Gotta, that play has to be made, though. It does, but his, his history will tell you it's not going to be made. Oh, no, no. That's not how it goes. So I had a team. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you there, Bob, because that's, Perry, a, that's Perry like a Williams, Perry Williams, a cornerback oh, on our team. Perry. I remember Perry. We used to say Stone that, hands. like, Stone. yeah. <laughs> yep. But yep. you know what? If you had, if, if, let me just tell you, if he had to be in that situation, he make that play. He's not yeah. dropping the ball in the end zone, especially um, he might bobble it about four times before he bring it in. Uh, but um, because remember the, Will Allen? Yeah, I Good mean, job oh. it's, it's the it's the um, gravity of the moment, if you will. See, because we're all on the field together, and there's I don't know how many plays were on that drive, right? But now they're down in in the um, Red zone. And I can guarantee you somebody in the house said, we got to make a play. We got to end this game. Right. And that's what's in our mind. So if that happens, that guy, Perry Williams is making the catch. And, and so what I'm saying is making a play that you're supposed to make. And, and coach judge said this, um, it's not a bonus. You're supposed to make these plays, right? A drop seat, and, and we were on the post game, and Lance Meadow, I think, asked the question. He says, is a dropped interception way the same as a drop pass? And I said, no. no because a drop close. interception on third down means that they get a chance to kick the field goal. A drop pass on third down means that they get a chance to kick a field goal. So you are a net negative by dropping an interception because you give them an um, opportunity to continue the game. Yeah, it's, it's not, not even close. It's not even close. It's not even close. Um, so the quarterback, we all agree that the quarterback is playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm a believer in Daniel Jones. I think we all are believers in Daniel Jones. And we all believe that Daniel Jones could use a little help, whether it's execution by the guys on the field, some play design to pop some people a little bit freer and not mm-hmm. have team meetings at passes, arrival points and stuff like that. Hmm. But I will say this. The one thing that does have me a little concerned about Daniel Jones is the Giants have lost a bunch of these close games, right? Right. You know, at some point in the fourth quarter of these games, you know, he's got to get that team down the field and make a play to like in Washington, you know, before Washington went on the drive to kick the winning field goal, you know, the Giants had a chance to bleed clock um Mm -hmm. this past week when the game got tied up and then the falcons you know got the ball kicked it to you know the giants had a chance to finish the game off he he had he doesn't he hasn't finished any of these games off in the fourth quarter where he just makes a play that well the guy before him used to make he liked to be having shit games, but it felt like when a throw had to be made on a big third down or a drive had to be finished off to finish off a game, he made a lot of them. Well, how about this? Philadelphia last year, close out the game. There you go. You're Drop right. Ball, right. That's not on the quarterback. Uh, Washington this year, um, put him in the right play. Call the right audible. Drops it in there as, as good as, as as good a pass as you can make. Dropped. So when you're you're saying you want to see more from Daniel Jones as a closer, well, we've seen a week ago that opportunity to close. Well, that's why out. I said we all believe him. Right. We all still believe in it. <clears throat> believe in Giants podcast you're listening to, folks. But um, nice, nice plug. I like the way you, I like the way that worked. Here we go, boom. But it's it's a team. It's it's a collective effort. So the better you know, the quarterback can pull some things out of his hat, and then there are some things that it takes eleven guys to get done. Yeah. Meaning, quarterback can see a defense, get them in the right thing, get them in the right call, throw the right ball. You got to be able to execute it on the other end. Even the last drive last week, Pop, Solder gets beat bad by, by Fowler on the last drive. Yeah. Sack, Daniel recovers. That's it. Drive done. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, and, you know, and we talked about the pass protection not being bad, but that you know what, your weaknesses pop up at the worst time. At the worst time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that's why you that's why 0-3 teams do 0-3 team type, type things, right, right. Pop? Yep. Because 0-3 teams give up that sack on the last drive. At the worst, like Nate Sola not having a bad game, right? Gives up that sack at the worst time. This is what all three teams do. Right. And if you can play from ahead, you can dictate the terms. But when you're not playing from ahead, you get beat when you need not to get beat. All right. So let's let, let me let me ask you guys this. We'll spin it forward now. You know, if you're a giant fan and we've all been following and or playing for this team for a long time, um, and we've seen some bad giant seasons. Is this week set up for one of these improbable giants wins? Now, 
They're own three. They're playing a team that's coming off a big win in Foxborough. They've lost five in a row when they've gone to New Orleans. They had the last time they were was 2015. Remember the 52-49 game? Crazy mm-hmm. game that they lost. The last time they won down there was in 1993. Howard Cross actually caught a touchdown pass, and Lawrence Taylor was still playing. Hmm. They've been outscored 221 to 129 in those Breeze. five losses. Breeze-led teams. <laughs> Breeze-led teams. Big difference. We'll get into it. Go ahead. Do you think this thing's got the makings of one of these improbable giant wins that we've seen over the years? Well, I'll tell you what, Bob. Because at 0-3, this is not the place I would circle that I'd want to go to. Right. To try when to revive Breeze, my season. When Breeze was leading him, when there was Michael Thomas's and all that. And I tell you what, Bob, I'm glad you brought that up because doing the, my podcast, <clears throat> the Insider Podcast here tonight, I threw it out there. I said, well, I know people are going to think I have a serious drug problem, but don't be surprised if the Giants win this game Sunday. Why is that, Chris? Are you out of your mind? They can't go in the dome and beat this team. Jameis Winston's in play. Look what they did to the Patriots. Well, slow down. You have to look at these games. First off, New Orleans has one, basically one weapon, and that's Kamala, Right. They're not, they don't have a legit number one receiver. Michael Thomas is out. And Jameis is playing all right when he doesn't throw the wrong, like, long jersey. Okay. The other mm-hmm. night, they didn't do much against the wing. They had a pick six. Okay. They had under 300 yards of offense. They had a gift wrap pick. Six. They had a the gift tight end handed it to Malcolm Jenkins. Right. <clears throat> okay. It wasn't like, so people look at the score right away. Oh, it's 28 13. They dominated New England. No, that's not what happened the other night, the other day in Foxwood. That's not what happened. Okay. So you, this league is what? Call Bob all about matchups, okay? And I look at this matchup this week. I think it's a. I think the Giants are primed to go in New Orleans and win a tight one. I think this week, you guys could call me crazy. Are people listening going to go? Hey, this guy's don't have this guy on again. This guy's nuts and all that crap, right? But I think this week they're going into that building, and instead of losing a last second field goal, uh, buzzer beater. I think this week they're going to come out of there with a buzzbeater. I like the matchup this week. New Orleans, like I said, they got Alvin. And after that, it's like, good luck. Their defense could do some things. Yeah. I think the Giants get out of there with a win this week. So it's, again, the the biggest opponent the Giants face this week is the same one they faced last week. It's themselves. Thank you. Um, Yeah. The reason I say that is... As, as we amplify everything the Giants did not do, you know, they held um, the Falcons under 300 yards total offense. Yes, they right? did. I mean, you give up 17 points. You're supposed to win in the right. modern NFL. So, they're, again, their <laughs> biggest opponent is themselves. They hold, again, they hold them to under 300 yards offense. They drop three interceptions. Right, and they get a fumble on the ground. Make it fifty percent on turnover opportunities, and this game probably changes by fourteen points. So, there are some things they're doing defensively well. There are some things that are killing them defensively at the end of half, end of game situations. And again, it's a simple fix to me. It's playing the best defense for the situation. You know, um, 
you can have the right call or you can have the best defense. And I say go with the best defense in end of game situations. Um, in situations being the operative word here, just knowing, you know, clock, yards to go, whether they need a field goal or a touchdown and let them try to make a mistake to get there. Um, increase their margin for error and not yours by, you know, the call that you make. So, um, and then offensively, same thing. Their biggest opponent is themselves. You get the right place. Call. I, listen, Jason Garrett's going to have his detractors and the, the less productive this offense is, the more they're going to scream about him. But there are some plays that are frankly out there that either a lineman downfield, a drop here, a procedural penalty. So the, you can see they can get some plays done, but it's up to them. I just keep saying it, it's up to them to eliminate and, and make it harder for teams. I, I thought Garrett, guys. Tell me, what you th- I thought Garrett did a heck of a job last week with the screen game, calling those screens to Saquon. I thought he got Saquon involved in the screen. Of course, you know, the legal man downfield to kill the one. Deion, Deion Jones makes a heck of a play in the open field and another, you know, but I like the way he got Saquon involved in the screen game last week. Well, I mean, guys? yeah, and there was, I think the one you're referring to where the Deion Jones one made a heck of a play in the open field. But Saquon. Some of that's part of Saquon. Yeah. Part that was third and 18, the- right? Was yeah, yeah. Third and 18? Was he could have went for 30. Like that, yeah. He could have went for 30 on that. Just get in his pocket. Yep. He had green behind him. Yeah. yeah. Look, he's got a he's got a lineman out there. Get in his hip pocket and just ride it out. Do not leave your escort. You leave your escort, you're on your own. Sort of like well, a wingman in top yeah. gun, right? Never leave yeah. a wingman there. Thanks. I mean, this is this is an angry <laughs> fan base. Right now, you know what the one I'm going to give you a pet peeve word, guys. I, I can't stand it. And it's not just a giant thing that you hear. You hear it all the time with all these coaches. You know, we just got to clean up some things. Okay. You know what clean up means to me? You're in your kitchen, or you're in your living room or your dining room, and you knock over a glass and you get some paper towels and you clean it up. Three weeks. Okay. We got to clean this up. We got to clean that. No, you're not. You got to fix it. This isn't cleaning up. This is either fixing it or get that guy who you've tried to clean it up with the hell out of there and find somebody else who's going to clean it up. Right, right. I mean, enough of this. And I, it really bothered, you know, I understand the players. They all have to have a, a cornerback mentality. Everybody on the team, they can't ride the highs and lows that fans and we do as far as getting so up, so down. But when I hear guys, you know, hey, you know, it's a long season. We just it, we just have to clean these things up. Well, didn't you try to clean it up after week one? Didn't yeah. you try to clean it up after week two? Now you're telling me you got to clean it up after week three. Maybe you need to find some other people to do the cleaning up because your 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 job as a cleanup person ain't working. <laughs> these um, <laughs> it, it look, again, ass. it's it's a lot I feel of like doing way. an Eli Manning double bird. <laughs> 14 <laughs> games left. Um, let's see what happens. Let's clean it up. All right. Um, so, Biz, <laughs> you got the Giants winning? Okay. You guys think crazy. I got the Giants pulling out a very tight one, maybe a last second field goal. Yes, I do. Well, they do have the better kicker. Mr. Rosa. <laughs> well, Rosa's missed a 36 hey, hey, yard. Can, 
Can I ask you something? Could we get Thanks, into this man. quickly, Bob? Yeah. We have time? Go ahead. You're Do you guest. think Judge is coaching a little too conservative? When he didn't go for it on fourth down? Well, there was two times this year I thought he could have went for it or at least had Gano attempt a long field goal. And both times he decided to punt. I mean, to me, let's start showing this team, hey, I'm going for it. Let's do like a Vic Fangio did the first game, of fourth and two. He went for it and said, I'm going for this. Do you think well, he's coaching a little too conservative at times? I thought, I thought in the one situation the other day, he was coaching to how the game was going. And it's not like the Falcons were moving the ball. So I think his thinking is, hey, based on the circumstances, and Carl, you and I had a chance to talk to Coach Judge on Monday mm -hmm. and for our Giants TV show, the Joe Judge Report. Well, what did he tell us about the wind and how it was on the field? Yeah, it was a crosswind on the field. A strong um, crosswind. Strong crosswind. Um, and knowing that if he could – get the punt pinned down that it would be difficult for Atlanta to pass the ball going back up into that win. So, and, and then the crosswind, it, the, Bob's a, a pretty good golfer. He can tell you if you got a, a crosswind and you're a golfer too, Biz, you got to be able to shape a shot. And like, is that what you want your kicker to do in that situation? And then you lose another five yards from the line of scrimmage too. So you're pretty much giving them the ball at midfield. Yeah. And he, um, on our TV show, when he goes through the coaches tape, if you think about the sequence, they then use that crosswind that he was worried about attempting the 56 yarder or 57 yarder, whatever it was. They then use that crosswind to their advantage because Keon Crossan, the punt now, they use the crosswind. It rides to that side where the wind is blowing hard toward that corner of the end zone. And they design the punt coverage, and they down the ball at the four-yard line. That's um, his thinking. And this to your, your broader point, Biz, I don't think he's being concerned. He's coaching to the confidence that he has in his team. He's coaching to the talent that he believes, or, or let me say he's coaching to his trust level of this team. Does he trust that his team will rise? Has they, have they shown him enough to say, all right, doggone it guys, I'm going for it. Cause I believe in you. Or if I call this, I don't need a freaking guy jumping off sides. Um, if I call this, I don't need a, a, he's, he's, he's playing the game according to what he's, he's seeing from his team too. And where he has his trust is in his punter. He can't control the conditions of the wind. So that is a, a, a variable also where he's saying, well, I know I got a kicker who's got a leg, but do I want to try to have him kick it towards the wind and turn it in or whatever the kicker will tell you, let me play this, get them pinned back, get them to punt, you know, and then get a score the next drive. And they did. Yeah. Listen, uh, when you're Owen three, you're open to criticism from all corners. The one, th one thing that they need to figure out what's going wrong, one of the things that they need to figure out, this is a coaching mechanics thing. I understand that they used a timeout um, in the second half on defense. <clears throat> they got a look or whatever. You can't, if you feel like your guys, especially with Martinez out, if you feel like your guys are confused out there and it's a big third down or whatever, yeah. 
Now they still hit, they still hit the third down on them, but I understand that timeout. The one thing that they have to figure out and fix, if you know you're playing in close margin games and you're not good enough to blow anybody out, when Colin Johnson makes a catch on a third and four at the plus 25-yard line, and as soon as he makes the catch and gets tackled, the officials are waving the chains to move. You got a first and 10 at the 25. You have to get that play in cleanly, clearly, whatever the mechanics are. They used a timeout on a third down conversion, first and 10 at the 25. When you play tight games, and this team, again, is going to be in a ton of tight games, you need that timeout. You cannot be that unorganized where on a play that you designed to get a first down and the guy gets the first down and the, the official chains were on the giant sideline at that point and yeah. the, the officials waving the chains first down yeah. the PA guy in the stadium of first down. Yeah. How do you take a delay a game then? Whether you got to have a play ready, whether it, whether it's substitution, whatever that, that is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things hurt you late in games. All right. So you think the giants are going to win. Am I crazy, Bob? History would show that you're absolutely friggin' nuts. Okay. But I've been called nuts numerous times, so it's not a, not a surprise. But if you are a fan or a connoisseur, someone that has sipped the Giants wine for decades, you know that there are times, especially in the Coughlin era, uh, there are times when the Giants do not look like a very good football team and they go and they beat somebody that you're just not expecting them to. And I think that the, I think people think of the saints as the Drew Brees saints. Thank you. They're not, they're not. So am I crazy? Well, you're crazy, Carl. He's nuts. This guy. Well, yeah, but there's, this prediction is not crazy. You're not crazy there. Um, they're still the, the saints. If you want to catch them now is the time because they're still trying to find themselves too. Um, I don't have the confidence until proven otherwise that this giant team can come in and play cleanly. Uh, so there's always a caveat with me that if they come in and play clean, they have a chance to win the game. And you have to do that on the road anyway. In four games against the Giants, Jameis Winston uh, is one and two as a starter. 59%, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, five sacks. Uh, he's thrown for 300 yards twice against the Giants. He's one and one in those games, including 380 against them in the loss in Tampa in 2019 when Jones made his first start. But yeah. different yeah. coaching staff, different players. So yeah. that's, all those are all, all those are numbers. Kamar is the guy you got to watch out for because he's averaging 7.1 a carry against the Giants. He went for a buck 34 the last time they played. Yeah, he's the only he's only only legit weapon, Pop. <laughs> And he's working in a lot of areas, though. He can catch it. He could do it all. Yes, I'm yeah. not saying that. He, I mean, he's obviously a legit player. We all know that. He could receive. He could run. But this isn't the Saints of yesteryear. This is a different type squad. you know. Uh, and I think the Giants have a chance here to go in there and steal one, to get out of there with a win. Can we please at least try to target, target Kyle Rudolph in the red zone? One target in three games. And, well, um, I think that was part of what they alluded to is trying to, you know, highlight players where they're where they have strengths. Might be, I mean, people were asking about Tony, but I think 
he was the coach was saying, hey, look, we got some strengths here amongst our players. We need to we need to highlight them where they have it. That's why he said keep players with strengths. And the quarterback has to go on Wikipedia or something, right? As an example, mm. and understand, and I'm just, I'm being facetious, but understand <laughs> that in the red zone and especially in the low red zone, mm-hmm. you take a shot at Kyle Rudolph, even if it doesn't appear to you that he's really that open because he's made a career on winning 50, 50 balls. Right. So, and you got two, you got two targets down there, right? You got Kyle and Galladay and Galladay. Both are 50, 50 ball. They, they, if it's a 50, 50 chance, you're, I like your odds. All right. So spread the word, everybody. Biz, we want to appreciate. Thank you for coming on my man. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, guys. fellas, for having me on, man. Yep. All right. Great to have you me on. Tell a friend Carl. to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I tell friends. I tell all kinds of friends. All right. Tell everybody. How you doing? Eli, tell double people, bird. I, I, double birds. I tell people back in New York, everybody knows about Believe in Giants podcast. That's Here it. we go. Check it out. Believe in Giants podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.